be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? Jesus said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do, for I do not have space to store my harvest? And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. Then I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So this is going to really date me. How many of you remember the TV show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin Leach? And those of you who are far younger than me, who think I'm crazy, maybe you remember the the hipper version of this on MTV called Cribs, right? Both of these shows do the same kind of thing, right? They tour the mansions and they show off the cars and the yachts and the wardrobes of the rich and the famous, and it sends a very clear and simple message, these people are really living. Except look at the rich and the famous. Typically, they're not very good at relationships, are they? (laughs) They're often in and out of rehab. Their lives are filled with and many times end with tragedy. And there's probably even those of us here who, who know that kind of emptiness. We're not famous, but maybe we're pretty well off, right? And, and we've got, we don't really have any needs, we don't have any wants, but we're not very happy people. It's like it's a lie, and we all know it's a lie, but we believe it anyway, and we go after it anyway. Hey, Probably nobody here would say, I want to be rich and famous. Of course we would never say that in church. We know better, right? But I bet everybody here at some point has said, but if I could just be a little bit richer than I am right now, then I could have what I really want or what I want, what I want to really do. And I bet many of us have this. We, we, we actually believe that there's going to come this point in time, maybe it's at retirement, right? We're going to come to this point when the barns are going to be full enough and we're going to be able to relax and eat and drink and be merry and we're not going to have to worry about anything anymore. It's coming, right? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if the dead are not raised, then eat and drink for tomorrow we die. If the dead are not raised, if Jesus is not raised from the dead, then we should do precisely what the rich and the famous do. We should do what the rich man in the parable did. Build bigger barns, store up enough, live it up, love it, enjoy it as long as you can, because then you die. 
But this is the game changer, right? Because Jesus is risen from the dead, and we someday will be raised from the dead. He's given us a hope and a future, and it changes everything. What is your relationship with your money and your possessions? It's complicated, right? But it doesn't need to be. Not if we would be willing to undergo a conversion. The old ways die. A new way with Jesus rises. A change of of heart, of mind, of attitude. A change of what we're living for. It goes from a life consisting in the abundance of your possessions to being rich toward God. And we become rich toward God starting with this, when we realize how rich God is toward us. God is so generous. But we spend most of our time grousing around about what we don't have and what we want. But our God is so generous and He is so rich. Think about what our God has given to you Of course, you know, our money and our possessions, which is more than 98% of the whole world has, right? But, but, But think about the things that money can't buy. Our families and our friends and and love and, and the very breath that we breathe. And above all, our generous God has given his son Jesus to give us a future and a hope that someday we're gonna rise from the dead. And we're gonna live with God and with his friends, the saints forever. When you realize how rich God is toward you, then you can gratefully respond and then you can be rich toward God. It really is that simple. But it is so hard. It requires a conversion. A conversion of everything, of how we think, our entire mentality. And that conversion, I will tell you, starts with one simple truth. You get this one little truth down, and you'll get it all. It's not mine. It's his. Did you notice how in the parable, the rich man, the fool, was completely self-absorbed? My barn, my grain, my goods. What am I going to do? I'm going to relax and eat and drink and be merry. Never once, did you notice, never once does he mention God. Never does he even think of God. The God who created that earth that produced so bountifully. Oh, and gave him the sun and, and the rain and the seed and his own life. He doesn't even think of God. Instead of saying to himself, well, I'm going to just build bigger barns and store it up, he never even thought to think to himself, instead of that, instead of being self-indulgent and eating and drinking and partying all the time, maybe I should feed the hungry. He was already rich. He didn't need more. Maybe I should feed the hungry. Your relationship with your Money and your possessions will be transformed, friends, when you not just say, but you believe these words. It's not mine. It's His. And once I begin to believe it's His, then I have to ask the next question is, well, then why does He give it to me? Because He loves me. Because He's so generous. That's the God that He is. 
And then the next question is, then if it's his stuff, what should I do with his stuff? Right? I believe deep down, every one of us here wants to be generous. We want to be generous, do we not? I mean, who, who here wants to be stingy and a Scrooge, right? Raise your hand. Okay, I didn't think so. We all want to be generous. <laughs> we all want to be generous. Because we are made to be like our generous God. But here's the struggle. I'm talking about a whole different way of getting rich. Our world thinks of getting rich as accumulating and hoarding and spending it on yourself. And it's so counterintuitive. But getting rich the way God defines it is actually being generous and giving it all away. It's when we realize that it's it's actually His. So how can I honor him with what is his? I'm telling you, it'll set you free. It changes everything. It will set you free. First of all, it will free you from the guilt of when you do spend money. Is it, does it honor God for you to own a reliable car? Yes. It's how you get to work, therefore it's how you feed your family. It's how you got to church this morning, unless you walked or rode your bike. Is it, does it honor God for you to take a vacation? Yes, God wants you to rest and he wants you to have quality time with your family. Does it honor God for you to have a smartphone? Well, it's not absolutely necessary. Well, none of those things are absolutely necessary to survive, but it's pretty important the way we work and communicate today, doesn't, isn't it? See, all of, we can honor God in all of these things. But we cross a very fine line. And I think we all know deep down in our hearts when we've crossed this line. When our motivations are guided by words like newer, better, bigger, more. When we realize it's his, it sets us free. Because it sets us free to be content. It's, it's enough. Whatever he gives me, it's enough. And when we're content, then there's going to be plenty so that we're free to be generous. So that we can go around doing good with what is his. Generous and rich toward God for the work of his kingdom. And generous and rich towards those who are in need. I want to show you a video now of a couple of college friends. These guys went to Harvard. And they went to Harvard because they wanted to get that great Harvard education so that they could get a well-paying job so that they could get rich. And God got a hold of them. Take a look at this. It's a pretty great story. You know, at the very end, he talked about this board of directors for life, and what he was referring to is his group of college friends get together as sort of an accountability and prayer group. And it made me think that if we want to become more generous followers of Jesus, a couple of things need to happen for all of us. Number one, we have to take the journey. This is not an overnight change, a sudden change that happens in us. It is a journey towards becoming more, a more generous person. But secondly, like he had, like they had, we need a, 
a community. We need a, a group of serious Jesus followers to take the journey with. I want to invite you right now to go on that journey, to go on this journey that we as a Trinity family are taking, even if you're a guest here today, to join us because we want to become more generous followers of Jesus. You know, the thing that I loved and, and where you see the real change in them in this video, I mean, well, first of all, I love the 2002 Grand Marquis, Grandma car, right? I actually, after first service, had a grandma come up and say, I have a 2004 Grand Marquis. <laughs> Uh, but th that, that, they, that they would do that. But the real change, what I thought was so amazing when they received that large sum of money, that they went from how are we going to spend it to how are we going to give it. That's conversion. That's the change we're talking about. And what does this mean for us? Here at Trinity, many of us have been around for a long time, and you know we have done a lot of projects, and you've been asked to give a lot of money on several occasions. For those of us who've been around for that, how do we go from, when is this going to stop so I don't have to give so much, to what's the Lord doing now and how can I be a part of it? And others of us here, this whole giving thing is, is brand new, right? I mean, the offering basket comes by and if we have something, maybe sometimes we might put something in. You know, kind of like tipping your barista at Starbucks, right? Oh, yeah, you know. How do you go from, I've never done this before, to where do I get started? That's a change. That's a conversion. Are we willing to take this journey? We're all on a different spot in that journey, but are we willing to go together? Here is one thing I'm going to leave you with and I'd ask all of us to do. I would like you to change, if you would please, one thing in the way that you talk. I would like you to remove from your vocabulary the first person possessive pronouns. My, mine, our, ours, and replace it with God's. Not my car, God's car. Not our house, God's house. Not my iPhone, God's iPhone. Not my money, God's money. Now that might seem a little silly or feel even a little bit awkward at first. But if we really come to believe that it's actually His, it will change what you do with it. And it's a whole new way to get rich. Would you please stand and confess your faith with me? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, 
and the life everlasting. Amen.